Johansson races outside, no jacket, no shoes, no clear thoughts. He stumbles his way through the autumnal darkness towards the garage and the dog kennel. And there, in the light from the lamp over the garage door, stands the bear. It is tugging at the dog's body, trying to drag it away, but the dead dog is still attached to the leash. The bear turns its blood-stained jaws towards Johansson and roars at him. Samuel steps back somewhat unsteadily. Then he summons up superhuman strength and runs faster than he has ever run before, back to the house to fetch his gun. The bear stands its ground. Nevertheless, Johansson seems to feel the beast's hot breath on the back of his neck. He loads the rifle with his wet hands before cautiously opening the door. He must keep calm and shoot accurately. Otherwise, it could be all over in a flash. A wounded bear would take less than a second to pounce. He creeps through the darkness, one step at a time. The hairs on the back of his head are sticking out like nails. The bear is still there, gobbling down what is left of the dog. When Johansson cocks the gun, it looks up. Johansson has never trembled so much. There's no time to lose now. He tries to stand still, but it is impossible. The bear shakes its head threateningly, snarls, huffs and puffs like a pair of bellows. Then it takes a deliberate step forward. That is when Samuel shoots. There is an explosive blast. The bear falls. But quickly, it stands up again and disappears into the darkness. It has vanished now into the pitch-black forest. The light over the garage door is no help at all. Johansson walks backwards to the house, aiming the gun left and right as he does so, ears pricked, listening for sounds from the forest. That bloody bear might come bounding towards him at any moment. He can only see for a few meters. Twenty paces back to the door. His heart is pounding. Five. Three. He's inside. He's shuddering now. His whole body is shaking. He has to put his mobile down on the table and hold on to his right hand with his left in order to push the right numbers. The leader of the local hunters responds after only one ring. They agreed to meet at first light. There's nothing they can do in the dark. As dawn breaks, all the men from the village gather outside Johansson's house. It is minus two degrees centigrade. Tree branches white with frost. Leaves have fallen. Rowan berries gleam rust red among the grey. Something feathery is floating through the air. The kind of snow that never settles. They stare at the devastation in and around the dog kennel. More or less all that is left, attached to the running leash, is the dog's skull. The rest is blood-soaked slush. It is a hard-boiled collection of men. They're all wearing checked shirts, trousers with lots of pockets, belts carrying knives and green jackets. The young ones have beards and a peaked cap on their heads. 
The older ones are clean-shaven and wear fur hats with ear flaps. These are men who make their own motorized carts for dragging back home the elks they have shot. Men who prefer cars with carburettors, so that they can mess around with the engines themselves and are not dependent on service garages where they nowadays just attach computer cables to the cars. This is what happened, the hunt leader says, as the more gnarled members of his team stuff new wads of chewing tobacco into their mouths and glance furtively at Johansson, who is having difficulty in controlling the ticks in various parts of his face. Samuel heard the dog howling. He grabbed his gun and went out. We've had bears prowling around here for quite some time now, so he realized that might be the problem. Johansson nods. Anyway, you go out with your rifle, the bear is gobbling away at the dog and turns to attack you.